welcome everyone to another edition of Spiritist Conversations, a show where we sit down with friends to talk about things through a spiritist lens, an informal, unscripted, and unplugged way. Today, we are going to look back in time and think about the lessons from the pandemic that we have all learned over these past two years. And to do that, I have the people who really make the show fun. I have Flavio and Susanna here with us today. So I want to bring them so that we can all say hello. Hi guys. How are you guys doing? Hi, Dan. Hi, Flavio. Good to see you guys. Yeah, being fantastic, Dan and Susanna. It's always a pleasure seeing you guys here live. Well, can you guys believe it? It's December already of 2021. In a couple of more weeks, we are going to be in a whole new year. 2022. Yes. Unbelievable. Time flies when you're having fun. Little, little cycle, right? Or, or when you're in a world of trial and expiations, then it really flies. <laughs> I'm just going to go with flies when you're getting old. But anyways, getting old is a mandatory. Growing up is optional. So I'm going to maintain my youthfulness, so at least cling on to it and believe that we're going to be okay. But it's great to be with you guys here. And I couldn't think of a better team to reflect a little bit about what these past two years basically have looked like. Ever since March of, I think, 2020, we have all been emerged in this new world order, this new pandemic that has brought us anxiety, has brought us fear, and of course, has brought us a lot of hurt because we have lost people, we have worried about people, and it has really shifted the way we think about things. So. Uh, I think that it will take a little bit of time for us to really figure things out still about what does it all mean and from a bigger historical perspective. But I wonder if there's an opportunity for us to talk a little bit about what are the things that we have learned from the pandemic? What are the lessons that we can take away from more of a spiritual perspective? What do you guys think? You know, perhaps that we are still learning, as you said, it's an ongoing process. So I know Flavio was ready to jump in, but since I have the word, I will uh, share my initial thoughts, which I'm going to actually start from where we are right now, right? Within the pandemic. I was just having a conversation with my wife this week as we were having breakfast and reading the paper about the, the, the new variant. And we were discussing an article that talked about the discrepancies with the vaccination and what happens when we leave someone behind. And I don't think it's, it's the, the goal of our conversation to go into what went on that an entire country was like left behind. But uh, the fact is that I was uh, talking to her and said, if this is not a lesson to be learned that can be translated to every single aspect of our daily lives where if we want to be well, healthy, and happy, we cannot do it alone. Mm -hmm. So we have to include everyone. So our neighbor needs to be seen as an extension of us. The same way we see that in our family, like our brother and sister, if he or she is in need of our parents, we go out of our way because it is our family. And we don't call that charity. We call that our natural 
duty to attend to the needs of those who we consider ours. So what the pandemic is showing us, one of the things is that everyone is ours and we must expand this concept of family to every single person because we are all brothers and sisters under God and it's not about being charitable. It's appealing to our human duty and mm-hmm. recognizing that every single person in this planet is deserving of the same level of attention, the same level of care. And this is the only way together, not ever leaving anyone behind that we'll get to a place where one day God willing and God is willing, we'll call this planet a planet of regeneration. What I'm hearing, Susanna, from you is, I think we've touched this a little bit when we talked about the Black Lives Matter episode of our conversations, where we mentioned that there's a movement right now in the world where we see folk testing to the fact that until the world is good for everybody, it's not a good world for anybody. And really yeah. not, not an action for us to think about others the way we think about ourselves. And if you look back, this is the utmost important message that Christ left for us to really right. think about our, our similar brothers and sisters, humanity in general, as really an extension of our families. I think you've touched on a very uh, interesting point because it, it's several parts of you know history or, or, or we, how we're living right now that's pointing us to that direction. That's how I saw and I would want to compliment your comment. I love that. And I think that that is the key piece to all of this. So I, I love that awareness and I love that way that you put it too, Susanna. It's not that it's a nice thing to do anymore. I think we're being show by nature. We have to care for each other. And I think that's the, one of the key lessons is I think we're learning that nobody wins until everybody wins. There is no individual victory over COVID, right? Like the fact that you might have survived COVID does not mean that you really are well or healthy and happy. Because our happiness we're learning has a lot to do with, of course, who we are, but also making sure that the folks around us are okay too. So I think it's a really beautiful thing that we are going to continue to struggle with for a while, right? It's this awareness that we've got to put aside our tribal thinking and saying, only my people, only my family, only my friends, only my partner that I care about, I want to worry about them. We have to worry about everything, even because from a scientific perspective, and we're seeing this now. If we don't take care of everybody, but with this pandemic, if we don't vaccinate people, if we don't get people healthy, chances are this virus is going to continue to mutate and it's going to continue to haunt us for a little bit of time. So it takes a collective effort for us to take care of all the stuff. So I think it's a beautiful lesson that I think we're struggling with for a little bit. And we need to care for each other a little bit more than we have done in the past. And I think that's something that it bears repeating. I I think it's even uh, 100% of what you said, Dan, but I think it's even beyond that. It's beyond my family. It's beyond my neighbor. It's beyond my city. It's beyond my country. It's the whole world because we're all connected one way or the other. And if you don't care for those that are thousands and thousands of miles away, even though we don't have any relationship whatsoever, then they have an impact on us as well. That's the big lesson that we're all getting from the pandemic. And what a challenge that is, because what that calls for is the need to see every single one is deserving of the same level of care and love is to be able to see and to truly feel that 
every single life is worth saving and there is no difference and there is nothing that truly separates us. This is very different. This is very difficult. I'm sorry. When we are in this material world, separated by geographic limits, separated by cultures. And so to be able to transcend the material and to see each individual for who he or she truly is, the challenge that we have to exercise. Because I can, I will speak for myself. It's challenging for me, especially when you have someone who is so different culturally with ideas, with ideology, to actually experience that person as truly equal and truly deserving and truly holy. So that's what we are called to do. And we can talk about this at a very general and far away from us reality. Or what we need to do is each one of us as we realize those lessons is to see how challenging it is for me to leave this idea that I'm here talking to you guys. So I'm, I'm saying this, but I'm fully aware that I am part of the problem. And so if we keep putting the problem outside of ourselves and waiting for the world to fix itself, we are not at the right path. It is how can I, Susanna, today, do my homework, do what I need to do, be at least minimally committed to do the work. Because that's the first step, is the awareness that you are part of the problem and the commitment to be engaged in the work that, is, that needs to be done, starting from each one of us. But so don't you think that we're part of the problem, but we're also part of the solution? Yeah, by all means. But I'm talking about the solution, but the solution starts with the awareness that you are part of the problem. That is already the solution process yeah. being uh, you know, put in place. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and there's something else, I think, to this too, that it's very related, but I think it's nice to pull apart too. The pandemic has also been a glaring um, reminder that we're not self-sufficient, that each one of us that we need each other. Like we were talking about this a little bit about helping each other, but it's also about needing each other and understanding that our society has been told us that the really great people, they don't need anybody. They're self-sufficient. They can live on their own, but that's not the case. Our lives are deeply connected and what you do over there affects me and what I do over here affects you. And generally we only think about what other people do and how it affects us. But I think what I'm hearing from Susanna and I wholeheartedly agree is, hey, it's time to flip that script and say, what is it that I am doing and how is it that is affecting other people? Because we cannot control what other people are going to do. We can control how it's going to affect us. But what we can't control is what is it that we're going to do? What kind of role are we going to play in this new world that hopefully, I'm hoping, we're going to emerge to from the pandemic? This is an opportunity for us. And maybe this is another lesson too. We have an opportunity to recreate what society and what the world looks like. We can come out of this. We don't have to go back to the way things were before, the way we, we were behaving before, our values. We can give ourselves a space and a chance to say, you know what? I am not going to do those things anymore. I think we're seeing a lot of that too. Like people are saying, hey, I don't want that job anymore. I don't want, I want to work from home or I want to have a different lifestyle. 
or I want to spend more time with my family because I've realized all of a sudden that I couldn't spend this year and a half with my family. I couldn't see them. I might've lost people. What was I doing? I need to pay attention more to these things. So in a way it's a great, like a reawakening piece when we realize that we are more interconnected than I think we, we give ourselves credit. Yeah. One thing that the, the pandemic taught us, and I read a piece by the, uh, the Israeli historian, Yuval Harari, that he mentioned life is actually moving to an online situation. And we've all had to learn how to do things online. We're seeing our doctors through a computer screen now. We're, we're studying, we're, we're taking classes through our computer screen. We're, we're practicing our religious engagements through a computer screen. We're all here. We've done this before many times, but I think that's one of the biggest challenges for a lot of folks that were not really involved with any type of technology. They, they had to learn super quickly how to do most things in the online fashion. But then my question for us that you will talk about is what are the repercussions of that situation? Yeah, you know, I, yeah, go ahead, sir. No, no, no. I was just going to go back uh, before it's, uh, moving forward with, uh, Flavio. I just didn't want to let it pass what Dan said in terms of the recreation of the world, because I think that's one of the biggest lessons that we have learned, or at least one of the awareness that came out of it, which is, has really forced us to reevaluate our priorities and to think about what is really important for each one of us. So I think the pandemic has forced us to, to really take a look at our families, the, like you said, the distance and the importance of relationships and social engagement face-to-face. -face. I, I, I recall like being at some point very exhausted from the human conflicts um, at work, at the center, and getting to a point that it was like, Okay, put me back in those calls. I want to see people again. I want like it's not fun to be so isolated, and so it's just um, I just didn't want to let that go because I think it's a huge thing that has happened. And going back to Flavio, yeah, I think the other lesson is it has really pushed us for in terms of it's an alliance between productivity but also quality of life exactly so here i am right so right now i am in my working day i took a little break in my lunch time to be with you guys so we are getting this done and i don't have to go back to work i have my computer here as soon as i finish i'll switch back to working and so we are getting so much more done and at the same time i'm full and my father-in-law is here, so I can, there's so much that you can do right now that we more, we more, uh, able. able really, or even aware that we could do that. Yeah. And, and I love that. And I think we can connect what Flavio said too, because no doubt technology has been a very important part of this pandemic in my view, because like we always worried, we are always looking at, oh my goodness, what's going wrong what's the fear piece of the pandemic and so forth. But if we think for a second, had this pandemic happened 10 years ago, it would have been much worse, much because we would have been way more disconnected from people because we wouldn't have the opportunity to do the things that we're doing right now. Online meeting technology wasn't as great as it is today. It isn't as easy. So imagine how much more depressive or how much more despair we would have had in our lives because we wouldn't be able to do these things. Like how many times have we? during the pandemic, either picked up a phone and talked to people 
but also done video calls. I've had happy hours. I have water cooler sessions with folks on video just so that we can see each other. Yes, it was silly in the beginning, right? Everybody's in their own house and everybody took the time to get us a drink or a, a snack or have dinner together. It seems silly, but we're learning that the, the human connection can happen in different ways. And that's pretty great. So in a roundabout way, what I want to say, I think Flavio's perspective is really great, but we also have to be thankful this pandemic thing happened now. I think even when hard things come about, there are positive lessons that we could take away from that. And one of those is I'm glad that we have technology now to help us figure this stuff out. And people are, well, I'm going to stop on the technology there. We can go back to the quality of life. But Flavio, you're going to chime in on the technology piece again? No, I, I think it's just transformed how we do most things. Even how we, for example, experience our faith or when we get together to go to the Spiritist Center, when we study, I think the uh, key point to me here is we have to be adaptable because the world's always changing. It's always moving. And the more adaptable we are, the easier it will be for us to overcome some of the hurt. I, I look, for example, for opportunities to engage my colleagues, to learn the different things through the technology. But I want to focus on the, on the experience that we're gaining, but at the same time, maybe missing if we do everything online. I think what the pandemic taught us is that, yes, it can be done. It's not one-for-one -one replacement, but you can still do most of what you were doing before face-to-face. -face. You could still do it online. So are you asking, like, with these games, what is it that we are losing at the same time? So, for example, before, let's talk about spiritism. We had, you know, our meetings where we go and, and learn about the idea of spiritism. We'd study with people. We gathered together. We, you know, had food together. Of course, through the pandemic, we all have to adapt to a different methodology because we couldn't really get together with each other. Thankfully, to this point before, the pandemic is happening now where technology is at a point, our you know, comfort level with technology is at a point that we can do these things now, but we're still, right, not replacing one for one that human interaction. I think the, the one misconception from the pandemic that I got is, oh, we can do everything remotely, everything virtually. And in reality, you can do old things, but nothing we can replace it, right? I mean, human interaction, the get together, the spending time with others. And as I say, the best things in life, yeah. you know, walking in a park with your loved one, maybe holding your kids' hands to do something with them. This human interaction, I think the pandemic taught us to give a lot more value to those, despite the fact that we're replacing some of that with technology. Yeah. 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 And I, but I might have a slightly unpopular opinion on this one. I'm going to run, run that for you guys. Yes to all of that. But I think that another thing that I started to, to notice of myself too, is to realize that it's not just about human interaction. It is about quality human interaction. Because I realized that during this pandemic that I had actually quite a bit of human interaction before the pandemic that I might not necessarily need. It was, I don't want to say superficial, but it was more of a level of things that weren't really necessarily bringing tons of value added to me. So I think the pandemic has no doubt has left me wanting, right, for more human interaction. That, that's for sure. But I've realized that I want more quality human interaction. It's not about hanging out with 30 people anymore. It's about spending time with two or three people where I can go deeper and make more of the connection that kind of lifts my soul. So I think that this, this break, even if we had a, our spiritist institutions, for instance, where we couldn't do online, uh, we couldn't do in-person piece, 
is a good reminder for us to ask her, what is it that we really want? This is one of the things that I really like to go back to, to JC, right? To, to Jesus. When people approached him, he was such an educator. He often said, what would you have me do? Or what do you want of me? And I think that in a way, the pandemic is giving us that clarity and asking you, what do you really want? You thought you wanted to have that group of 40 people where you go talk a little bit with people and you don't add anything to your life really meaningful. And that's okay. You can have that sometimes, but is that what you want for your entire life? Do you want that level of connection or do you seek something deeper with fewer people sometimes too? I'm not saying there's a right or wrong answer. I'm saying it has led me to think, when do I want what and how I, am I acting in that way? And so for instance, these conversations are a good example. I love talking with you guys on the stuff. And I, I wonder if there is a shift too, where we're doing in spiritism in general, less talks and more conversations. Yeah. I, study I, groups and deeps. I would add something to what you said. We know that yes, the pandemic did help us a lot in terms of realizing the potential that we have to do so much online, but the world was very much online and social media has been with us for a, a good while now. And yet we live in a world where the levels of depression are extremely high mm -hmm. and the level of loneliness has never been so high. So it comes to, along with what it's not really about connecting. Connection online, I think it has its place. It has its function, but we never, ever substitute yeah. the, the, the quality, the relationships they are face to face and particularly the need to have relationships that are quality relationships. And, the, and science backs us up on that too. The research shows that at the bottom line, what makes people happy, it's nothing that the material uh, world give us. It is connections, but it's not the number of connections. It is precisely the quality of connections. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Going back to Flavio, that's the loss that maybe was important to lose to realize how we need to, to invest in humans, in relationships. We can, we can be happy without having meaningful relationships. And the whole social media, the whole thing, it, it kind of grants more shallow related because we hide behind the camera. It's a lot of showtime. A lot of time, these interactions, you know what I mean? Yes, totally. Right, showtime. Everybody putting their best, their best. Let me tell you the answers to all your problems, right? Yeah. Yeah, that. yeah. As opposed to, okay, let's have a real conversation here. So who are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love that because I think that goes to the quality of life piece, right? I think that we are really recentering about what's important to us, whether it's the job, what is the relationships, whether it's the connections, but I think, I think that's there, but I want to also pick up on something that you said, Sue, because I think it's really great. And I hope this is one of the legacies in a positive way of the pandemic. I think that the pandemic has exposed all the mental health issues that we all have. And I think it has made us more open to the idea that, oh, you know what? We need to work on that as a society. It's not just the problems of some people over others. And I think that one of the things that I hope that we learn from the pandemic is to take care of ourselves from a mental perspective better. That is not just a, something that happens to some people. It's quite widespread. We have tons of challenges with it. Everybody has their own demons, so to speak, their own challenges to figure it out. 
And I, I finding that people are being a little bit more open to talk about it and to make time for that, which is a positive thing. And hopefully we carry that with us. How can spiritism help? I think it's a pragmatic question we always have. Oh. Yeah, it's a great question. And I think that's another lesson. May I jump in back in there too, which is yeah, of course. at the core of the pandemic, at least the early stages of the pandemic, right? I think the unspoken elephant in the room, or should I say the virtual virus in the room was we were afraid. We didn't openly talk about this, but a lot of our actions were directly related with the fear of death. If it was not our fear of death for us, it was for our loved ones, right? Guys, we hogged toilet paper. Remember, everybody yeah. buying toilet paper. And the coronavirus is not a gastrointestinal problem. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Look at the level. Look at what, what fear does to us. People rush to buy toilet paper. Where did that come from? That was just a fear that we had that, that toilet paper was going to end. And what if it did? We were not going to die. But anyways. My point is, I think that the, the core of all the stuff was fear of death. And I think that remains largely unaddressed as a as society as well. But where I think spiritism can help us and has helped me personally throughout my life is to slowly erode or chip away at this fear of death. Because I know now for a fact that I will die. And when I do, I will not stop being. I will not cease to be who I am. And more importantly, in a way too, those that I love should tomorrow they perish, they die of COVID-19. It will be heartbreaking. I will be sad, but I know it would not be the end of them. And I know that I, it's not that I believe, I know because spiritism has showed us how mediumship works, how this interaction between worlds works in our mediumistic meetings every week, basically in, in a majority of spiritist centers throughout the planet, we see evidence of that. So if I am part of that meeting, if I am part of that mediumistic exchange between worlds, and I see the stories of people, I cannot be as anxious and worried about death as I was before, because now I have proof that our essence, who we are, us spirits survive. So I think in a roundabout way, spiritism has helped me take some of the fear of death away, which has made me be more present and less anxious about the whole pandemic thing. I was still worried about it, still taking my precautions. It doesn't make us careless, right? I wear masks. I got my vaccines in. I try to be helpful, I clean my hands, but I realize that should something happen, I lose a loved one or I, I pass over, I know it's not the end of things because I know it continues. So for me, it has been by far the biggest help that spiritism has given me through the pandemic, dare I say, through my entire life. It has changed the way I behave and I act in many different ways, although I know there's a long way to go. And sometimes to an extent that I don't even realize. Like sometimes I have to think about it and say, wow, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I would have behaved completely different during this, this piece here, but now I'm a little bit muddy. So I think that's where I would say that's how spiritism has helped me in the pandemic specifically. How about you, Sue? Yeah, I think that like Dan was saying, it just put the whole mental illness or imbalances that we all have in the, the forefront. So, um, went up significantly with fear, with loss, grieving, depression, but also 
an incredible sense of powerlessness, being out of control, losing control of our lives and what we can or cannot do. So it's really hard to cope with all of these feelings. And I think we all experience them to a, a greater or lesser extent, but a little bit of all of them was in the mix for all of us. And I think that was one thing that I had in my mind as we opened the show, which was what has that done to humanity as far as assisting to reconnect with what is essential, like spiritually speaking, or facilitating these way back towards spirituality, spiritism, God, whatever it might be for different people. So specifically, I think that I was really called to put into practice the, the faith and the understanding, really like reflect, think, and, and try to not make it such a cognitive experience, but really try to feel that there is a higher purpose for everything, that there is a God in place, you know, a universal intelligence, that there is a higher plan and really submitting myself to this, which along with that, taking all the precautions because submission to God's will that is not me neglect or carelessness. We ought to do our own part, but to understand that there is something much bigger, something that we don't see, something that we cannot understand being on the valley. We don't have the view of the top, but we were called to trust and, and, and to surrender and to do our parts on this big equation that is going on right now. So for me, what spiritism helps is I love the, the gospel chapter two, item three. What spiritism does is invite us always to climb the mountain and try to appreciate life from the top and not from the bottom, because then we have a much broader view of the situation. But even if we do so, to the highest that we can go does not give us because we don't have the wings to fly that high yet. So our vision is always a partial vision of the reality. So it gets to a point that there's nothing else you can see. You have to trust. You have to surrender and you have to really uh, take into consideration that the world is not disorganized. It's actually being organized. We are not lost in abandoning chaos. On the contrary, things are being rearranged. There is a higher plan and a higher force that is actually working to make this whole situation a better situation for all of us. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I agree, Susan. I, I think you said some great things there. Before, we were given some of the ideals or some of the thoughts or some of the, the concepts that there is divine justice. There is the God looking at, looking over all of what we're doing, right? Now we're guiding every step of the way because we have free will wasn't done through spiritism, but the world is, is moving towards a more just place. But then the pandemic came and the, the practical or, or the, uh, we learned the theory before, here is time for us to put that into practice. And that's how we were challenged. Our thoughts and our emotions were challenged. You know what? Trust. Everything will be fine. Trust. Do your part that everything will go moving to its place. I think having that mindset 
allowed us, or at least allowed me, I can't speak for you guys, but allowed me to navigate through that pandemic, still very optimistic about the future ahead, still looking at the light of the end of the tunnel, that yes, this was going to be a difficult step for everybody, but if we do our parts, we'll get out of this much stronger and much more prepared for the future ahead. That to me was the, uh, the massive lesson that I got from this. Of course, fear of death is huge and still something that bothers a lot of people. But at the end of the day, having an idea that yes, everything is under control. You should not worry. But that's again, the message that Jesus has left us way back. It's the same message, but we just walked away from it, right? In the last uh, millennium. Yeah, we've veered away a little bit from that, but I like both those perspectives. And I like Susanna reminding us of the larger view, because I think that's something that spiritism does well for us too, is to remind us that there is more than one lifetime. And I think the pandemic has definitely offered us this moment of pause and reflection, right? It's kind of like the stop, think if, and listen before you cross the, the train tracks that stop, listen and look kind of thing. And so I think that's all great, but it's also led me to believe that maybe this moment is not just important for this lifetime but for more uh, after that. So I, I really liked that moment of reflection that we were talking about. And I really liked that Susanna also talked about faith is not about, I'm going to paraphrase her a little bit, right? And say, faith is not about learn helplessness, right? It's not about saying, oh, I'm just going to trust. I'm not going to do anything. Quite the opposite. The reason why we're in this place is because we haven't done enough or we need to do more. So it's not about sitting and just waiting to see what happens is rolling up our sleeves and doing what we can, which is something that we talked about before earlier, but this space to reflect, I don't know that we would have had it in our busy lives had we not had the pandemic. So while I understand the pandemic has caused a lot of challenge, pain, and worry in general, one good thing from the pandemic, if I want to look at the, the good side of it, is that it has made us the space, it has made us okay to question our lives and see if that's what we are really wanting to do. My work is that what I want to do. The time that I have with my family, is that really what I want to do? How do I want to lead my life? And I don't know that we would have had that space to do it, right? Because we're so worried about what other people are going to think sometimes of us or what the perfect life should look like or what the perfect job. We have accepted these values from the outside world without questioning them. And I think in many different ways, the pandemic has said, what does it matter for me to have a really nice bank account if I don't get to spend time with my family or if I have people in my family who are sick? So I think that the moment of, of questioning, uh, it's a really hard one in that moment, right? When you're going through that, crises are really hard, but crises are also moments of decision is when we decide, even the word, the, the word crisis comes from moments of decision. Yep. We got to decide how is it that we are going to act? What is it going to do? And so from that perspective, I, I'm, I am grateful. I, I want to even use, want to use that word, right? I, uh, Cause I also want to give myself permission to say, it's okay to be happy, even in moments of gloom, right? We all are going through tough moments, but we also have happy moments in this past two years. It's important for us to remember it. So it's important to first to give ourselves permission to say, yes, things are tough right now, but right now in this second, I'm okay. I, I do see, I, I can imagine people out there that might be listening to us or watching us live, maybe thinking, I, I can't be happy if my is going through a lot of, you know, turmoil or my going through 
No, the gloom. How, how do we, what do we tell these people? What, what do we say to them? Yeah, no, great point. Thank you for bringing that up. Great point. And I'm not saying that we are, we have to be happy, right? I'm saying we can give ourselves permission in that second to say, in this moment right now, I'm okay. In this 10 seconds right now, I'm okay. Right? And also not feel guilty for feeling happy because it's okay. It's all right. A lot of people often will prevent themselves from feeling happy. They will mess up their own happiness because of these feelings of, of guilt. Yeah. 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 It's a very good point. It's huge. Very, yeah. very good point. Right? Very good point. But I want to, I want to also bring one more thing. Cause I know I just go back because we can over that Dunn's comment. We do that all the time. We go back. We do, we do, we do. But I, but I go back to it. So he was talking about the, the fear of death. And I think along with that, here we are, spiritual. So the, 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 the bottom line is we are immortalists. And yet we are afraid of dying and have a lot of feelings uh, related to dying. So COVID, by taking so many material lives through it all face, the vulnerability of this life, which is something that we don't think so often. We live honestly, even us immortalists, as if we're going to be here forever. Some of us, some of us still have a difficult time. And I think I have mentioned that, I don't know if it's in a lecture or, or in a conversation, but it's a taboo to talk about dying. People don't even want to talk about it. If you say, let's talk about what you want for the end of life. So we, I think we did have this conversation before. People are like, why do you want to talk about that? Why not? Why not? Well, if point. we can avoid it, right, Sue? If we can't just avoid it, it doesn't happen. Let's, let's, right? pretend, <laughs> let's pretend that it will never happen. And so we, so what Kofi did is say, hey, listen, it can happen at any time. You know what I mean? And it takes something that small and invisible to knock it down <laughs> and to end what seems to be such a powerful existence, you know? And guess what? There is no pattern. You can be a marathon runner, super healthy. You can be young. You can be old and frail and survive. So there's no logic for it. How do you, what do you do now? Because if there was logic, we would say, no, we, we got it. We now understand exactly how it happens. What is the population that is being, what we're going to treat that. Then comes a virus that makes no sense at all. There is no, like, I'm good. You don't know. It can be anyone at any time, anywhere. So I think that's one of the big things is really like uh, a reminder that this is a brief state for all of us. We just have to cherish as we're here every single moment. I think one thing that we didn't really say or mention, at least I didn't really hear that, is the fact that it's really important for us to live the moment that we're living, right? The whole idea of mindfulness or really being thankful for, you know, or what we have and being happy at the moment that we're happy. Yes, there's a lot of issues out there, a lot of difficulties out there, but right now I'm actually content because I'm healthy. My family's healthy. I'm still employed. I have a roof over my head. I can eat a nice meal. Being these small things that are not so small for a lot of people, I think that made us reflect a lot. And living the present moment was something that I believe was the big calling from the pandemic. People were living for the future. Right? It's not very difficult to see folks working, you know, multiple jobs and trying to accumulate a lot of wealth and 
all of a sudden, you know, a newness comes and a person really doesn't really enjoy their world. Happens more often than not. The pandemic gave us, hey, hang on a second. Do you really need all that? Or maybe it's time we just spend more time with you. That to me, it was a big calling that comes back from us. Again, I want to bring Jesus again, that we should cherish the treasures that the, the moth can eat and the, the uh, steel, the thief can steal. So when we look at that, mm -hmm. our most, most important treasures are you know, what we do with others, our friends, our family, our loved ones. And I think that's, to me, it's the biggest calling. And I believe yeah. we have to start wrapping up because the time is running out. But to me, that's a key point that I want to make sure we, we speak about it before we, we drop from this. Yeah. So quick recap. So we started talking about how nobody wins until everybody wins. We talked about also the realization that we are more self-dependent than we expected. We're not as self-sufficient. We talked about what we really want, recentering, refocusing, thinking about what is it that we really want from this life. We talked about mental health uh, awareness, and we talked about faith putting it in practice. Uh, so these are all things that are very important and they're monumental, right? They're important things. And so from all of this, what do you, what do you guys take away from the pandemic? What, what do you take away from the show today? And what do you take away from the pandemic as it continues to, to, to evolve and change your lives? I'm going to be very present in this moment. And I'm going to say that I take away gratitude for this show that in being able to say to myself, yeah, work is important, but I'm going to open a window and meet these guys and do this wonderful technology that allow us to do that in three different states in this country. And at the same time, gratitude, not only because we can do that, but also for having both of you in my life. And although we are not talking on a daily basis, I know that these are quality of relations that I have, that if I need anything and I'm always following you guys and, and having these relationships in my life is something that I am grateful for. So I think that the word is always one of gratitude. I want to say thank you both for inviting me to be here today and that I have a, a challenging schedule sometimes, and but you don't give up on me. So I'm so Never. grateful that truly. Truly, true, because I feel nourished. You don't have a conversation. That's great. I feel nourished by our conversation. And so here we are. This conversation is a result of the pandemic, our relationships, this work, spirits, conversation. That's it. I, I want to end on a very personal note. So we thank you, Susanna, for putting up with us. That's what we have. I mean, putting up with Flavio, we know that Flavio is the really drag of the show here. So I'm the difficult one, as we know. <laughs> yeah, my gratitude 100% is phenomenal, right? One of, the, one of the successes for a fulfilled life, for a life filled with fulfillment, if I can say that, is gratitude. It's a life filled with gratitude. The more we feel, the more we practice gratitude, the happier, more fulfilled lives will live. And uh, it, you're spot on, Susan. So I guess the pandemic also taught us that, right? To appreciate things, to pay attention to things that perhaps would be go unnoticed and put more attention on our daily blessings. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So and I'll go next and Flavio can come in at the end. Flavio, if that's okay with you. 100% of what Susanna said. I, and 
I, I want to take that specific piece and make it a general conclusion. Yes, because yes, quality of relations, what's really important and making time to think about myself beyond the physical is I think something that the pandemic really helped me with because it has prevented me from traveling as much, from doing all the different things that I was doing before, which gave me more time for reflection in many different ways. And so this show, talking with you guys and everything else has made me try to spend more time thinking myself and what is it that I really want to do. I think some of you guys know, I've even done professional changes so I could have more time for me to do the things that I want, which is to spend more time thinking about this. So I'm, I'm grateful for this difficult two years who have completely changed my mind for the better in many different ways. And I'm really grateful for that and for these relationships. And so I'm grateful that, that I obviously have you guys, that we can have this relationship, that we can have the space to talk about things that really matter. And I think that's an important thing for me. I need that space to talk about things that lift me and uh, carry me on and fuel me to keep doing whatever it is that I want to do and recenter me, help me, give me the moment to really think, what is it that I really want? What is it that's really important to me? So I'm grateful for the pandemic for that. Grateful for you guys for that as well, to be my, my thinking buddies here, to put me during all these things. So thank you. And thank you for all the folks also who are listening to us, who send us messages, who sent us comments. And it's really humbling. It's really lovely to see people from different places. We just saw our friend Elsa Rossi from the UK chiming in. We have folks from all different parts of the world uh, sending us messages and being part of our conversations too. It's really great. Shout out to people out in Macau, for instance, we found out that Spiritus Conversations is in the more shows in Macau and it's pretty cool stuff that, that we're really thoughtful. So thank you. Thank you for that. I'm grateful for that too. Flavio, bring us home. It's in gratitude ahead. I want to uh, thank you both for being our, my partners in non-crime. I think what we're doing here is, is at least uh, I can help a, a person or two out there that's listening to us, either live or Later on, yeah, great thing is here. The pandemic taught us many lessons, and I think everyone is going to have their own lessons. But at the end of the day, it's a call for us to look at ourselves, not only as this, you know, bond that we have, but our spiritual beings, the things that really matter in our lives, the friendship, the family, the time we spend together, the quality of the relationships, our connection with God. However you practice that, however we do that, right, through a church or through a group of people or through a book, our connection with God is more and more strong than stronger than ever. These things is really, these things are really the, the best lessons that we hear from the pandemic. And it's not a stop there. As the world continues to evolve, as we continue to grow as spiritual beings that we are, we'll continue to learn more things to better prepare ourselves for the future. And you know, on a very positive note, we all, we all have a lot to be thankful of, but that's what it is. Wonderful. Thank you, Flavio. Thank you, Susanna. And this is the part of the show where traditionally when we have a guest, we ask them about sharing some of their projects or how we can get in touch with them. We don't have a guest today, just the three of us. So I figured we would improvise and ask Susanna, Susanna, tell us a little bit how people can get in touch with you. I know that you have Facebook page, you have a YouTube channel. Tell us a little bit about how people can connect with you uh, and social media if they want to follow what you're doing. But you got to come off mute first. That's a requirement. 
Yeah. So we have the YouTube channel, Susanna Simoy 70. So you can find all our lectures and participations. I also share these conversations in the YouTube channel. So all our work can be found at that channel and also on Instagram. Same thing, Susanna Simoy 70. Yeah. So shout out to Susanna and all the work she's doing. If you want to connect with her, go ahead, find her on social media. She's done something to make our life easier. She has the same handle, the same username in different places, which I love. You don't need to be creative people with your social media channels. Just keep it the same so we can find you. So follow her at Susanna Simone 7. And for all of you guys out there, we love to have you continue to follow us. So we'll have another show uh, at the end of December. It's going to be an interesting one. We're planning, I think, it for the 16th of December and it's calling Follow Christ, not the Christians. Aha, look at that. We're going to let that be up here in the air a little bit. We're going to talk about Christianity and Christ as the, as the Christmas is coming up and how's that uh, slightly different sometimes than most people imagine. So we are really grateful to have you here. Don't forget to listen to us, subscribe to us. We're also very creative with our name, Spiritist Conversations, all social media. That's, that's what our name is. Thank you one more time for listening, and we hope to see you soon.